Market Watch is proudly brought to you by Top Sport, home of the Top Sport betting multi. Gamble responsibly. Call 1800 858 858. G'day everyone, welcome to another edition of the Market Watch podcast. It's proudly brought to you by topsport.com.au, home of the best of the best multis. The usual suspects are in attendance. I'm talking about the number seven seed, Tristan Merlihan. He is from topsport.com.au and Jared Condon, fresh from doing a bit of square dancing last night up there with the Dixie Chicks. Uh, he is from readingtheplay.com.au. And hang on just a minute, Tristan, what's this? That's all the air going out of the Detroit Lions after that. <laughs> How are you, gentlemen? Yeah, yeah. No, it was a bit of a uh, crash back to reality uh, with um, with Detroit on the weekend. But uh, yeah, it's also been a bit of a change of pace as well. Hearing the different stories that Jared's been reciting over the last couple of days too, it's a bit of a change of pace from from what we normally see. But uh, yeah, there has been a bit of air going out of the Detroit Pies, but what about San Fran? There's a little bit there, so at least I feel in good company. And also one of the eight teams you support, Jimmy, I'm sure one of those lost as well. So uh, it's been a uh, big week, got a big week of racing, and, uh, yeah, looking forward to what's coming up. What, what are we? Week eight, we still haven't worked out which team Jimmy's supporting this year. But anyway, that'll probably bob up in, in January. It but, was uh, Detroit until they until got beat as well. That, that was right. I got on last week, and that was it. That was the death knell for him. <laughs> yeah, that was a classic, wasn't it? Ah, uh, yes, uh, yes. Uh, my darling daughters uh, uh, took us uh, out, back out down memory lane last night after seeing them twenty years ago out to see uh, the Dixie Chicks, or as the Chicks, as they are politically uh, known these days. A fantastic ah. concert, but uh, my goodness, uh, I've never seen so many uh, women in riding boots. Um, as there was out at Boondall at the Entertainment Centre last night, more than you'd see at a Northern Territory radio. Wow, talk about a, a certain audience. But, yes, fantastic show. And, um, yes, Jimmy, uh, not only the Lions, but the San Francisco 49ers are in a bit of trouble at the moment. They're picking up some very key injuries. And now it looks like Brock Purdy's out this week. So we'll get the NFL in a, uh, in a, a few minutes. But a lot going on everywhere. Sam Darnold, I think, doing some snaps on the Wednesday with the 49ers, their backup quarterback. So we've got the Pacific Championships going on. We've got the Test match over in England, uh, England taking on Tonga, which was very tight last week. Incredible performance from Australia, albeit against the Netherlands in the Cricket World Cup has changed things up a little bit there. And, of course, as you say, week eight of the National Football League as well. We like to go back before going forward to just before we do that, if you're enjoying the podcast, leave a review wherever it is you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, we're putting it up on YouTube as well. Um, so we do like to go back before going forward. So uh, how did we go last week? Thin week I see in your notes here, but uh, Britain Nickera at $3.20 anytime try scorer says hello, Jared. Yes. Yes, that was a lovely return, Jimmy, because that was about the only one we uh... – we're around the money and the horses, and we're uh, around the money, sort of, with the uh, with the NFL. But outside of your uh, tr- anytime try scorer, uh, we didn't pick anything else up. But um, uh, we've already touched on the Knights and the 49ers, and uh, I did like the Eagles last week, but I made the mistake of trying to go with the any anytime double. And uh, the New Orleans Saints, you can leave me right out of them for the rest of the season, but. Um, on to this week. I'm sure we've got some winners to find. And, gee, there's a lot happening with world sport, isn't there? Did we have a lunch bet last week? We didn't. 
No. So there's no I can, I can put you down for a couple of minuses if you want me to do an update. Well, you need all the help you can get. But no, there's no need to do that, Jared. Uh, do we have an update on the lunch bed table and uh, and uh, money's raised? Well, the really good news is, Jimmy, nothing's changed since last week. You're plus 13. I'm minus two. Tristan's minus 11. Uh, we still have a few months to go, but you certainly have a nice, healthy lead. But I think we've got some nice money in the bank at the present moment, Tristan. Yeah, well, after our bets, we uh, got the balance kicked up to 2529 We also had... One of the listeners to Jimmy's show on SEN, our, the uh, the Daily 100 Con, he's put the uh, the money into the Passed On Clothing uh, kitty as well. So we put an extra 100 in there. So we've got 2,629 um, as we speak. Who was that? Con. Con put uh, put the uh, put the funds in. Yeah. There you go. Great stuff. Very generous. Uh, Very thank generous. you for that on behalf of Passed On Clothing. So uh, there you go. All right. Let's get into... We'll start with the Rugby League. We've got a couple of games this weekend uh, in the Southern Hemisphere, a game in the Northern Hemisphere as well. But Australia taking on New Zealand. This game down at Amy Park. Uh, lots of changes for the Australian side. Well, as many as you can afford. I think it's four within the squad size that they have. Uh, no change to New Zealand on the back of that 50 nil thrashing of Samoa. So um, I think a real endorsement there um, of what, Michael Maguire is doing with the New Zealand side after he came under a bit of criticism. Uh, he hasn't accepted the New South Wales job yet, and he's been very clear about how much concentration he's doing on these specific championships. But um, that was a, a ringing endorsement for he and what he's doing with the Kiwis. Where's the market at on this one, knowing, Tristan, that they actually play again the following week and that'll be the final? Yeah, it um, adds a different layer of complexity uh, to trying to set this market where... We opened at eight and a half and there has been a little bit of support over that key number for the Kiwis. So we're into seven and a half now. 139 Australia, 295 the Kiwis into that seven and a half. But as soon as we got that seven and a half, there's been a push for the Australian side into a dollar eighty. So it is a really tricky one to price because you would probably expect there might be a few little ducks and drakes here. Um, and we'll just have to see how it all plays out. But it should be a good crowd there at Amy Park and uh, will be a good precursor for the final next week. Yeah, I think that's the key. I think next week's um, clearly the money game. Um, you'd probably take Australia at the minus seven and a half. I'm sure that um, you know, New Zealand are um, more focused around the final than potentially this week. And Jimmy, I think the, the Pacific Championship Bowl's been um, a, li- a little underwhelming and uh, okay. certainly also the Championship Samoa have been disappointing this time around and yeah, it's not great for for International Rugby League to see them cleaned up by 50 as they were last week by New Zealand. But very good to see in England that um, the test match there last weekend, England-Tonga, only four points between them. Very tight game. Tonga probably made a couple of key errors that probably cost them uh, the chance of victory. And then they go around this week again. And I see that England, $1.54. The line remains at four between them. I'd probably be with Tonga here. I think they've got a little bit of improvement out of last weekend. Yeah, that'd be interesting too. So a lot of them wouldn't have played for a long time. Taumalolo boxed but didn't play. Apparently a knee injury there. Question marks around what Fafita's doing as well. What about the strength of the side that they've got? Hamali Olakawatu on the bench and he played 18 minutes last week, which might tell you about how well Tyson Frizzell and Keen Kalamatungi played, but I thought thought that was very interesting. Yeah, they got a lucky intercept there to Tommy Johnston, didn't they? The 
the England side, and they ended up winning by four points. So that might have been the difference. I agree, Jared. I reckon that's a plus four for the Tonga team in that game. Uh, and then that sets it up brilliantly, doesn't it, for that that um, last game of the series. So um, I'd be all over the plus four for Tonga in that one. Yeah, and I, I totally I, agree. PNG, agree. The, uh, the Pacific Bowl, completely underwhelming. Yeah, it is. I mean, we've got PNG's pronounced favourites minus eight and a half against uh, Fiji. I certainly think PNG uh, win and would cover that line. And really interesting news out of Rugby Union over the last 24 hours, Jimmy, that um, a few of these Pacific Rugby Union nations in uh, Samoa and um, where are we, Tonga, have both been uh, shut out of the national championships. Um, uh, at an international level, I certainly think that's got to help the cause of rugby league in those two nations and the focus around that. Um, and hopefully we've got the right development activity happening there because we know that you know the Pacific nations are now feeding somewhere around 60 to 65% of our, our player depth into the NRL. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? I saw that. I think there's two teams to be determined along with Australia, New Zealand, South Africa and Argentina on a, a biannual basis. So um, I love the concept, but you're right. Like, where does Japanese rugby sit with that? Northern Hemisphere, yeah. they're excluded from that. I thought they'd be a, a really good opportunity for them. But uh, anyway, uh, that's what they have to work out. And as you say, it might work to the benefit of, of international rugby league. Just on that, I want to go to the Kiwis plus seven. And a half, and have you, I, I don't think you've got your anytime try scorers. You've got your first try scorers up market up yet, Tristan, but anytime try scorer market uh, should be up shortly. Yeah, we uh, obviously with this game being a bit of a slight dead rubber, we're just holding off a little bit with that one. Um, when the totals come up, that that has a big impact on the uh, the anytime try scorer. But I do have some rough prices, Jimmy. If you want to give me a name, and I can, uh, I'll, I'll give you what, what what I think they'll be up at uh, later today. Could you have a look at Mr. Valentine Holmes, please, anytime try score? Mr. Valentine Holmes, he's uh, very sure he's the firm favourite, actually, shortest out of the whole crew to get over that white line. He's a dollar ninety-two Valentine Ooh, Holmes. Dollar ninety-two. You'd bump that up to two dollars for me, wouldn't you? Yeah, I, I reckon for you, Jimmy, you could have two dollars. <laughs> it wouldn't be a problem then. <laughs> now it makes me less confident. <laughs> Do you want how easy that was? <laughs> yeah, two dollars, but Jimmy will now want to back it each way. <laughs> Right, all important staking plan. Right, all important, all important. Uh, now, speaking of rugby, uh, you better give us the market for the Rugby World Cup final. Now, this is much anticipated. Uh, Irish fans might disagree, but I think we've got the best two sides in the final. Yeah, we do. What about that game on uh, Sunday morning between South Africa and England? I thought England had them all ends up for a long time, and then South Africa just got over the line. What a cracking penalty goal as well to, to secure that win. But uh, it makes for this final now a really, really good betting affair. New Zealand are favourites. They're $1.70. South Africa, two fifteen, And a flat two is the line. So hard to split these two teams. 42.5 the total points. So um, I think it's going to be an absolute beauty of a game in Paris. Uh, that, that's on, what is it, Sunday morning? So, uh, yeah, Sunday morning at 6 o'clock. So it should be an absolute beauty. Jared, you've got connections in the world of rugby. What's the what's the thoughts on this match? Oh, I think that the uh, the leaning is that uh, South Africa look well placed, um, and you know the plus two in a in a what looks a very even game is certainly the 
the angle that I would be with here. Um, I think, you know, but yeah, it looks a cracking match up and, and, and clearly um, that, you know, the two at the top of the international standings now uh, in, into the final and just a cracking game. And what about the controversy during the course of the, the last week and last weekend's game of being big English forward, bringing to the referee's attention, um, uh, the uh, the slur that he was given, um, which we won't repeat here, but I I would have thought the easy answer after being called that would have been um, yes, sir. I mean, if you had a look at how big that hooker is for the um, the box, um, I'd just be walking in the other direction and just tipping my hat. Yeah, yeah, um, interesting one. I, I'm not sure we've got to the bottom of all that. I'm hearing all sorts of, you know, you hear the audio. Oh, listen to this audio piece from this and all that. Sort of, anyway. Anyway, we'll um, we'll leave that to one side, which is never usually the case with us. But anyway, we'll, well do that on this. Ideally account. for ideally for you know international rugby union, it wasn't a focus they needed this week into the no. final. But the, the the great thing is that we've got two cracking uh, international teams uh, in a very big matchup. I mean, I think if we went back six to eight weeks ago, we would have thought if South Africa were playing the All Blacks in the final, that South Africa would have been the minus probably. Uh, four favourites. Uh, so things have certainly turned around. The All Blacks have been on the improve week by week. But, yeah, I want to stick with the box. All right. Now, I had a look uh, in the dictionary just before I came on. And under the um, uh, finding of flat track bully, the picture of Matthew Hayden had been replaced with Glenn Maxwell. Christian. <laughs> <laughs> Poor old Nederland. Rolled out some. So Maxie's got himself a 40-ball 100. Uh, and obviously I was in bed last night when it was on. I, I heard the news this morning. I thought, I've got to have a look at that. Um, yes, absolutely smashed them everywhere. What has that done to the market overall winner, World Cup? Yeah, you're right. He did put on some runs, but uh, it, the, the Australia already had a pretty pretty good platform by the time he got in. And uh, I think it was a uh, situation Maxie excels in. So it'll be interesting if he can do it when the whips are cracking in the next couple of weeks. Uh it means the Indians are still very, very firm favourites. They're 5-0. and uh, They're even money to win the comp. South Africa, uh, well, they're $4.50. That, they're probably that short because they don't have to play the Netherlands again now that it looks like they've been eliminated. <laughs> uh, Australia's $4.80. Uh, New Zealand, six fifty. Then it gets a bit wide. England, 23. Pakistan, 34. Rough the rest. So, amazing. We were 0-2, the Aussies, uh, after the first two games. Net run rate in disarray. Uh, put on three good solid wins. We're now into a dollar fifteen to make the semi-finals, which I don't think anyone would have anticipated after we started that tournament so poorly. Still, a couple of little banana pills. We've still got England and New Zealand, and even the likes of Afghanistan and Bangladesh have caused some surprises. So certainly not over the line just yet, but uh, we're certainly in a much better spot. And four dollars eighty third favourites to go the way. As I think we touched on after they were zero two, if they could build a bit of momentum and put a run on, they were going to enter the finals with a bit of with a bit of momentum. So that is a positive. India's been up for a long time, but um, very very firm favourites. I came to the match last night after it had started, so team sheet was interesting. What was the reason given for Travis Head not playing? Um, I I'm not sure either, but yeah, I, I would have thought that would have been the perfect scenario to bring him into the squad to get a bit of uh, match practice, but. Whether they're obviously, they've got a couple of big decisions to make as to who they leave out of that side. So I guess maybe they were giving it as a bit of a final trial. I'm not sure that probably makes a bit of sense. It's just delaying the inevitable, you would have thought. So I'm surprised you didn't get a run in that game as well. So Davey Warner back to back hundreds. Um, the one thing I did note out of that uh, in watching that match last night and then the highlights again today, Steve Smith hit the ball beautifully. 
uh, with precision, hard, into gaps all the time, um, and got out to a very, very much a speculator catch. So uh, that was a good sign for Australia as well. Uh, big game for England tonight against Sri Lanka. That's Thursday as we record this. Jared, take us through what you saw in week seven of the NFL. Well, there's plenty happening, Jimmy, and I touched on last week that I think defence is certainly coming to the fore at the present moment. We've got busted up quarterbacks across four or five key uh, franchises and uh, um, uh, a number of teams certainly in a bit of disarray and trouble. I mean, the Bills would be at the top of that list. I mean, they've picked up um, and been riddled by key injury over recent weeks, and now um, some key losses, a very surprising loss to the Patriots last weekend where they were the best part of uh, eight and a half to nine point favourites. Um, Alan has uh, lost, looked in all sorts and then the 49ers losing two in a row. And I thought the Vikings, you know, really uh, played a very key uh, tactical scheme in defence against them. And I think a couple of experts uh, in the US have been saying for the last couple of weeks with a lot more tape to watch that a number of key defensive coordinators are starting to work out a plan against Purdy. And uh, the 49ers have got three or four key defensive uh, player injuries, but also now Brock Purdy, as I mentioned. So uh, big key watch on what they have coming up. They've got the Bengals this weekend. They're still pronounced favourites with Donald likely to play. And then we had that cracking matchup in primetime last uh, Monday or Sunday night uh, in the US, the Eagles, their defence just, uh, again, stopping the do- uh, Dolphins. Nice Eagles win. Still a few question marks about them when they might match up against the best. And the best, well, it's probably still the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. They're just rolling along, uh, doing as they do each season. Um, I think there's a, a few pronounced favourites this week who look like the obvious, uh, and the Chiefs certainly look one of those. Uh, and then we get to the Lions. Well, the Ravens, I got up nice and early to watch that game and 28 nil at going into half time. There was just absolutely nothing in the game. And I tell you, the, the press conference for Dan Campbell after the game was more entertaining, if not insightful. Uh, we maybe underestimated Lamar Jackson, didn't we? And the impact that uh, he's having in the league. Um, before we get to the week uh, for uh, week eight, Tristan, and some some head to heads. What about the? Is there been a bit of a reshuffling of the market overall for your Super Bowl winner? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, the, the the focus for Kansas City has mainly been off the field in the last while, but uh, they've been just putting up unbelievable performances. I think it's almost been a little bit different to what what we've seen in in prior years, where they probably haven't been playing at their absolute best, but they've been finding a way to get the result in each and every week, and that records uh, just you know, proving very, very dominant. And you know when they, they click, they're going to be very hard to stop. They're the $5 favourites. San Francisco, five fifty. I think, obviously, those injuries are, are causing a little bit of angst. But, you know, if you had to get them, I suppose, this this time of the year after you start the season well, as long as they can get them back for the playoffs, probably not the worst uh, scenario. Then Philadelphia there at $6. Miami at 10 Buffalo at 11 Dallas at 12 And then Baltimore into 13 just jumping in front of Detroit at 14 But... Away from those top three, there's a lot of teams in that 10 to sort of 30 to 1 range that, um, you know, if, if they can get a run going and win two or three, four games in a row, they're going to put themselves right up into the mix because it seems like it's a very even competition other than those top three. Based on that, Jared, do you see any value anywhere? Oh, I think the Ravens are the value, Jimmy. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I think certainly 
the Chiefs look very well positioned. And I think one of the things that um, hasn't got a lot of attention generally is the Chiefs' defence has been very, very strong this year. And, yeah, Mahomes is Mahomes. The man is a freak. But he still has... Uh, very uh, very limited passing options, and I think that's something that they're trying to work on at the moment to give him a little bit more opportunity than just going to Kelsey so regularly. Uh, but, you know, the, the Chiefs certainly the team to beat, but there's a lot to like about Lamar Jackson. I mean, he, he, since he signed that big contract, there's a very good little uh, doco piece on a podcast this week about how he's really aimed up, and uh, Harbour is a very smart coach, and absolutely dismantled the Lions last week. And, yeah, Campbell, to his credit, was very uh, accurate in saying post-game, he said, you know, uh, we had some opportunity. We came to play. We absolutely had our pants pulled down by a very good side. So I think there's a few other pretenders in the market there. I mean, I just can't see that teams like the Dolphins against very good quality defence or whether the Bills can get themselves back on track. Um so, yeah, I, I certainly think the Chiefs are the team to beat. And if I was looking for value, I, I, I think that price around the Ravens at the, at the present moment is um, uh, some nice value. So John Harbour is a Super Bowl winning coach too. So um, he knows what that looks like. And the other the other point about it is too, um, you know, listening to some of the experts out of the US and with someone like uh, Lamar Jackson, he knows he's going to get paid now. So yeah. like you've got this guaranteed money. And so as a result of that, if, you know, even subliminally, if there's a reluctance to get out of the pocket and get that running game that he's been such a feature of his play, he's probably got an underestimated passing game. There's just that bit more of a security now. Hey, I've, I'm, I'm there now. I can commit myself to to this team. And we're seeing him back to the form that uh, two or three years ago where, you know, he and he and Mahomes were seen as the, the bright lights where Mahomes pulled away from from Lamar Jackson. What about well, Travis? Jimmy, early, early in his career, uh, you know, what, four or five years ago, he was an MVP. I mean, yeah. there's no doubt, no doubt the quality of him. And I think the other thing about Harbour is, um, you know, the Ravens had, again, a number of injuries early to start the season, yet kept winning. And, and Harbour has a very good record of being able to squeeze a lemon and bring people in, get the attitude right, and be able to squeeze out wins. And he's now getting some of those key players back. Um but, yes, um, you were saying about Kelsey, Jimmy? Oh, Travis Kelsey, 12 receptions, 179 yards, an unusual touchdown for the tight end uh, on National Tight End Day, only in America, yes. only in America. Um, and great to see Andy Reid at the podium just saying, yeah, Taylor can come as much as she likes because <laughs> Travis is still playing well. So um, he, yes. he is he seems like an amazing coach, that guy. Uh, I mean, he's an automatic Hall of Famer, but he, he just – just he's got that um, Phil Jackson sense of individual, oh, you know, knows the person um, and knows what's going to work for his organisation. Uh, yeah, he, he, he's a special coach, Jimmy. And you know, we touched on you know a couple of months ago when we were leading in the start of the season, watching a documentary about the quarterbacks that was uh, on. And Netflix, which is just a great watch, and some of the behind-the-scenes stuff with Mahomes. And, yeah, every Wednesday, the Kansas City Chiefs, um, yeah, Andy Reid gives them the field for three hours to, to come up with their own plays. He, he just watches, no input from him, and then they have to put a test play in front of him to get approval, him and his uh, off, uh, attacking coordinator. But, yeah, most of it's called by Andy Reid. But, you know, the, he, he's just got this special uh, capability of – bonding with players and being firm, but just outstanding with his attack. And if you're listening to this and you enjoy your NFL, um, go and watch that series quarterback. Because I, I said it on air the other day, every attribute 
that Patrick Mahomes has makes me think he is the perfect franchise player. Everything, oh. everything, like he, he just brings everything to that team. It's um, uh, it, it's a it's a great insight. All right, notwithstanding, we're going to bring something to the listeners uh, this week. Where are you headed for your NFL bet, Jared? Uh, Jimmy, I want to go uh, with the Dolphins. Um, showing up last uh, uh, last Monday in the primetime game against the Eagles, and their two losses have been when they've come up against very good quality defence. But there's no doubting their attack prowess. And uh, with Tua throwing the ball, he back at home um, in in the sunshine. They've got the Patriots on the road. Now, the Patriots did pick them up early in the season, which prior to last weekend was a Patriots-only win. But they're picking up some injuries. I'm sure that, yes, coming out of a win last weekend against the Bills, but I think there's a little bit of uh, fluff and gloss over that with the Bills being all sorts at the present moment. The Dolphins back at home, a lot of speed, a lot of skill from Tua. And at home, he's 15 of his last 20 covering the spread when playing at home. I think they pick up a big number here. They'll cover the eight and a half and I think they'll win by a mar- margin. So the Dolphins at the minus eight and a half at a dollar ninety is certainly my best. There's that air going out again, Tristan. What have you got for us? <laughs> yeah, I'm certainly not going to take us to Detroit minus at eight and a half. It seems like a big line after a little bit of a disappointing weekend. They may bounce back, but I'm going to take us. I was actually having a look at two uh, two of the other quarterbacks out of the quarterback uh, show, well, two of the other teams that were featured. And I think that victory for Minnesota, they they, they, they flashed up an amazing stat last weekend where uh, I think they were 8-0 and in, in games decided by under a touchdown last year. Yeah. Year with the, was the opposite. They started the season and lost some really, really close games. But that performance on the weekend was a really, really impressive one. They go to Green Bay, which is obviously a very daunting uh, home ground advantage, but I just think Green Bay is really struggling, and I think Minnesota minus the flat one at a dollar ninety one looks a really good bet. I think they're just starting to get their mojo back, and uh, you know they're a pretty formidable side, and and I think that minus one looks a good number. Um, so I'll be going that way. All right, uh, Jared, thoughts on that? Well, yeah, I, I I'm with you, Tristan. I uh, I don't like the Packers at all, and they talk about the hot seat in the US in the NFL about the coach who all of a sudden is sitting on a red hot seat and under a lot of focus. And certainly, uh, at the Packers, you know they've had two historical high quality uh, quarterbacks back to back, and now on the back of losing Rodgers, as many are saying in the US, all of a sudden they're back with the has-beens and a lot of pressure on their coach. And, uh, yeah, I like the Vikings. They're on a short turnaround, going into Green Bay, into probably uh, some ordinary weather, but I could only be with the uh, the minus one. That's a divisional game too, so that is huge. Um, interesting. I think they've got a very good record against Minnesota, but you talk about why they've got that good record because they're outstanding Um outstanding quarterbacks that they've had over the years. All right. I was talking about them earlier. I don't know that Tay-Tay is going to be at Mile High Stadium. However, we know the Denver Broncos have still got their issues, um, especially around defence. Kansas City have such an efficiency. Yes, they might be a couple of receivers down, but I think they can cover the... Got out to eight. It was was seven and a half. It's out to eight now, so I'm a little bit nervous about that. $2 and eight, too. So, Tristan... Uh, just giving me a little bit there, just to entice that at the minus eight. And that's where I'll go. Kansas City Chiefs 
minus eight against the Denver Broncos at, at Mile High Stadium. So. Well, it's probably not good for the Chiefs, Jimmy, but I couldn't agree with you more. I don't think eight is anywhere near good enough. Um, yes, the Chiefs are on the road, but that Denver Bronco defence has uh, been found out many times, and I, I think they come through a very soft game last weekend, back up to the best of the best this week, and the Chiefs will dust that up. Yeah, and if Andy Reid's got them doing stuff on Wednesday, I can't wait to see it on Sunday. So uh, we can <laughs> absolutely. I think the other good good one of the weekend that I was close to making uh, my best is the Ravens. I think the, the Ravens also come up with a, a win and cover a big line. And yeah, the NFL markets are probably the most efficient markets uh, of any international sport, but. I think a, a few of the key favourites this, this week in the Dolphins, the Chiefs and the Ravens, uh, I certainly think at the bigger numbers they'll be covering. Yeah, all right. Might be a little all up for people there if they want to take those three, um, put put that together. Righto, racing coming up this weekend, the WS Cox Plate. Jared, where are you taking us? Well, dear, dear, this Cox Plate, what an interesting market. Looks a very open race, uh, Tristan. I... I had a really good look at it, um, trying to find potentially a bet this week, and I just ended up coming away. I, I'm just—I know that uh, Romantic Warrior had the first up run. Its its track work over the last couple of weeks and its gallop this week was very, very good. But I still think that there's uh, a question mark about it getting done here at the Valley, and we've got Alligator Blood absolutely kicked their heads in with the question mark about getting the 2000 last start. What about Gold Trip? I mean, uh, when's the Caulfield Cup? And then, uh, sorry, wins uh, the Turak and then, you know, struck trouble in the straight and should have been right in the finish in a Caulfield Cup. If it runs this weekend and then goes into the Melbourne Cup, my goodness, that's a very different um, uh, uh, preparation. I thought the watch horse in this race was number 10, the, the import, the English import with um, O'Brien, uh, Victoria Ray, but uh, I'm staying out of that. Jimmy, I'm going to Ramwick for my uh, my best of the week. Um I want to go to uh, No Compromise, which is racing in Ramwick, race six, number three. Uh, Time-honoured, Craven Pate steps up to 1,800. Waller, third up. He has a knack at having his horses for the right race, third up. Draws a low, low gate at last. Tommy Berry rides with all the good riders away. It's last 400 last start when it drew wide, went back. Its closing sectionals were, the, were equal to Montefilia. I think it's a very good form line. So for me, Ramwick race six, number three, no compromise. We'll just have 100 bucks on the nose. Sounds like a description of my marriage, uh, no compromise. There you go. Uh, Tristan. What about you, mate? I love this weekend. Any, any, runners, any runners out of the Milo stable going around in the country this, this week? No, none this weekend. We had one yesterday which uh, was in front for literally the entirety of the race. It was in front for the uh, the next 200 metres past the post. And the only time it was beaten was literally on the bell. Better being single, which might be, uh, if, if your wife hears that uh, comment about your marriage, you might be in that sort of situation, Jimmy. But uh, it was, uh, yeah, a little bit disappointing yesterday whilst I was on hold. And uh, But no, if you want to check that replay out as Randwick race run yesterday. But um, I love this weekend of racing. We've got... Uh, we've got a bit of a change of um, of uh, calendars as well. Generally, we have the Manicato on Friday night, which has now been moved to Saturday. So it makes it a really blockbuster Saturday race card with the Manicato and the Cox Plate, the two feature group ones on the same day. The uh, the Gold Cup's on Friday night, so keep a lookout on that. There's a lot of horses will be going around in the Melbourne Cup on that meeting on Friday night as well. But I'm going to take us to race six, 
We're going to have a look at a horse called number eight, Skybird. It's currently undefeated. It's had two runs. Obviously, a massive step up in class here, but Bo Merton's in the saddle. $4.20 into $3.70. There's been a little bit of support for it early. I think it's going to extend that picket fence, and I'm going to put my 100 on the nose at $3.70. That's race six, number eight, Skybird. It's uh, it, it's sectionals in the last 600. Uh, last start when it won, it just picked them up and uh, gave them a cold, Tristan. Yes. Yes, okay. No doubt. Three seventy looks a lovely price. Uh, Danny from Surfers Paradise would have been disappointed with that that performance yesterday, but uh, <laughs> anyway, anyway that's, that's racing for you, as they say. All right, now uh, just on that, uh, the no compromiser has done the form this week, uh, so I'm going to take you down there to Mooney Valley uh on the saturday but i'm going to go to race six and this is this is i might need a little bit of help with the staking plan on this one uh tristan so so hear me out oh oh so skybirds uh shortening into that okay so uh the phillies classic number 10 broadcaster and number eight skybird so Broadcaster Black Booker off for the last two runs the ramic effort was huge behind arctic glamour when wide Managed to run third. Uh, now draws to be on the speed. That's good. Craig Williams around the valley. So that is uh, another good sign. And Skybird likely lightly raced uh, with two easy wins in the lesser grade. So up to the 1600. So what have we got? Skybird at 370, Broadcaster at 550. Uh, what if we have 50 on Skybird, 40 on, on um, Broadcaster? And could we get a little Quinella going there, Tristan, the 8 and the 10? Absolutely. Well, something has to run second to Skybird, so we can certainly do the uh, do the Quinella. So no problems whatsoever. All right. All right. Well, we'll go that way. You can count me in for a lunch bet and I'll be all over Skybird. Thank you. You want Skybird? I do. Right. Well, we're all on Skybird. And yeah. Broadcaster runs into second and then we collect the Quinella as well. Yeah, perfect. I should rethink my staking plan on Broadcaster. No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Well, uh, you should rethink after- you shouldn't rethink your staking plan on Skybird. Uh, after um, all the work done by Tracy, uh, just doing the form down there at Mooney Valley. So I know she loves the, the valley as a track. So there you go. Um, I think that's it, gentlemen. I think we've we've covered off on everything that's coming up over the course of this weekend. Enjoy it. I know you will. Uh, and we'll be doing it again next week. And Jimmy, another week where we didn't find a lunch bet. Yeah, actually, I you know we were what? working towards one there with uh, the Mooney Valley yeah, well, Six, but uh, but no, you were you did have you did put Skybird on top, so I don't know. I, I don't we're know. all in a, all in agreement on the rugby league, the rugby union, the NFL, and now the racing. I mean, what a week! You said Australia minus the seven and a half in the rugby league. I said Kiwis plus the seven and a half. Oh, and I'd be happy to take that. All right, done. We got there. Because okay. otherwise, I'm going to have to. Get bloody Bill Belichick's Patriots, and I was like, "Oh God!" Hey, um, you dive into that one if you want. No, no, I don't. I, the more you think about it down there in Miami, uh, Mike McDaniel, fine. So, what's the swooper doing? Uh, well, just for all the listeners out there, it was Jimmy's sixtieth yesterday, and, and oh. the day after your uh, your birthday is always one of the biggest uh, disappointing days of the year. I always feel so. Just to add a little bit of extra pain to that, I'm going to jump on the same same side as you, Jimmy. Just to uh, to uh, add a bit of extra weight, I'm, I'm going to take the plus. I just think uh, there's going to be a few eyes on next week for both of these sides, and we might get a you know just a, a tight contest. 
What about the skin regime if, if I'm 60? Like, seriously, you'd have to be happy with that. Uh, I'll reveal that exclusively on my Instagram page. Coming. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, Jimmy, I did notice yesterday that there were a few on Twitter suggesting about your hair regime. But anyway, I thought that was rather unkind. Now, listen, I'll tell you what you do. With the wolf, Don, big Don from Carlton, if you lie with dogs, Jared, you catch fleas. That's all I'll say on that. All right. <laughs> and, and and Don has been known to uh, lie with dogs. Yeah. And the last time the last time Don said something positive was 1983, uh, back in March of that year, I think, and it was about himself. So in the end, it didn't really count. So uh, there you go. Uh, all right, lads. Enjoy the weekend. Thanks, guys. Be good. Reading the Play is Australia's favourite source of NRL and horse racing tips. Our professional analysts provide the sporting enthusiasts with the best of the best. Get the best professional tips and previews from our tipsters direct to your phone. Readingtheplay.com.